Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, debating whether I was going to do this or not, but uh, ultimately we decided, well, let's do this. I'm smiling now. I'm not actually smiling. It's been a depressing, depressing 24 hours. Uh, but thankfully, I'm not alone in my depression. Well, I don't know if it's thankfully, but thankfully, I'm not alone. Uh, mm-hmm. I have with me today Abhijit and Sahil in the show. Welcome back, Abhijit, after last week. Uh, and welcome back, Sahil, after a while. It's been a while since you had you on the show. Yeah. Yeah, good to be here. I know. I wish we were doing this in happier times where we could all be you know, <laughs> celebrating. Hey, but, uh, I feel like that's every time we have, I do a podcast with you. It's always like after something bad. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was hoping after last time we were like talking about uh, how after City winning the title, I thought maybe next time it will be a happier occasion. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, you know, we're not allowed to have nice things. I think that's just yeah, what it is. Yeah. As they say, we're not allowed to have nice things, but. Uh, I mean, okay, so I do want to mention to all the listeners, so this is going to be a bit of a United rant. I know when a game like this happens, sometimes you you think that, oh, you know, the other team didn't, it's about United losing and not the other team winning, and I'm cognizant of that, but unfortunately, we're all United fans here today, so this episode really is about how United lost it rather than how Villarreal won, won it. But in the interest of fairness, we'll start with a few notes that I had on, on Villarreal, and I'll start with you, Abhijit. Uh, Unai Emery, uh, four four Europa League, Europa League titles now, the best, apparently the best, the most decorated manager in Europa League history. Uh, didn't work out for him at Arsenal, but uh, I mean, he knows, he knows how to win these competitions. He knows how to do it. Yeah, this is, this is it's like, it's his tournament. He somehow finds a way to win it. Whoever you give him, he even, be, like, let, let's be honest, he even beat Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp out of it. He, he, he did lose it with Arsenal, but that that's, they are just Arsenal. <laughs> Yeah, well, even in moments of despair, we can always joke at Arsenal. Well, at least for a season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, he came up with a game plan. He had a game plan and he executed. He knew what he had to do. He just did it. It's not, it's not ideal. It's not something you want to see. But then that's, you know, that's what we all do. That's what he does. He just knows. He just knew what United's weakness were, and and he attacked that. Asile, the other person that I wanted to talk about was, uh, and this is the last VRL comment, by the way, for any VRL fans that are watching, uh, Danny Parejo, I thought he was excellent in that midfield. Like, he just looked good. And I was just wondering, Danny Parejo is someone who came to the Real Madrid Academy, for those of you who don't know, I don't think he played any games for them. He's been at Valencia. I think he's been at a couple of other Spanish clubs. Is it surprising that he's never had, like, a, a, a shot at a, at a, at a big club uh, till now? I think from what I read, Danny Perry was actually linked to Barca and Austin. Like, Barcelona, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then uh, I think that there was like a whole debacle at Valencia where like they basically showed him out because he like versus concerned with the owner and then he joined Villarreal. Mm-hmm. So, but he's definitely gone under the radar. I don't think he even makes a Spain squad anymore. I think he's like 35, 34 right now. But yeah, that definitely yeah. like played like a proper experience uh, player yesterday. Ran the show from midfield. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's definitely extremely on the experience. It's, it's, uh, it's surprising. I mean, Spain do, do produce a lot of good midfielders, yeah. so it's fair enough to uh, join the national team. But yeah, it's just surprising never to hear him getting linked. I've heard about him for so long, like you keep yeah. hearing about him. He's one of those players yeah. who seems to be around forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even claim that I've seen him so many times because I think I've, this might, be, might have been like the second or third time I've seen him because he played for Valencia against us uh, when, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in Mourinho's last campaign, right? That was the, probably yeah. the only other two times, yeah. Personally, I have never see, uh, seen Danny Perejo play a bad game in my life. Like, I have watched him extensively when he was at Valencia. I have never seen a bad... He has had a terrible game or a bad game. Like, I won't say I, I have watched every game of Valencia, but he was he has been consistent throughout. And like uh, Sahil said, he was linked with Barcelona quite strongly a few yeah. years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they went for, uh, they went for uh, Andre Gomez instead of him. Yeah. I mean, that worked out well. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, well, that, that's Barcelona, isn't it? But I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, this is, uh, I mean, you've got to talk about United. And I think that this is this is the sad portion. I will talk about this. Um, the, the entire narrative coming to this game was, you know, United are going to win. They're going to win easily. They're going to let Villarreal score one goal. And then in the second half, they're going to come back and win second half FC. All of that BS that was going on. And I mean, I mean, the posts out there have been very pragmatic. I didn't think this was a done deal. I don't think any United fan thought it was a done deal. But um, Abhijit, leaving aside what has happened 90 minutes, 120 minutes later, when you saw the team sheet at the start, uh, what was your initial reaction? Uh, initial reaction, uh, actually, I was uh, very shocked that McFred didn't start. Mm-hmm. Because actually, the, uh, the team sheet didn't give me as much as confidence, which, which it, had, it had given me had McFred started. Because... Uh, 
Pogba all like yes, like it's always Pogba takes too long too long in the on the ball and he gets caught out multiple times whenever he plays in the midfield. So I always prefer him in the on the left hand side of the midfield rather than would one of them in the pivot. So not very strong, but I was thinking. But uh, uh, to be very honest, I was hoping us to win because we have we have much better players than they do. L- let's be honest, we we have much many players. Yes, I thought, and I thought it will be a easier win for us considering they are a. Spanish opposition who don't run as much as we do, and like it, I thought it would be another Sociedad uh, uh, United game, but turns out they had other plans, and we had other plans as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I mean, I gotta disagree on that because I, I kind of expected Pogba to start because Greenwood and Rashford both didn't play on weekend, so to me it was like, well, one, both of them are probably gonna start, and I just thought it was a good idea because you need Pogba in the middle if the team is gonna park the bus. Uh, the only, you know, and that was my opinion. And the only thing that I thought was that Bai should not have started. I think it should have been Axel Twanzibi should have started because I thought Bai was really in bad form. And you talk about experience. I don't think Bai's even played 100 games for United. He's been here for so long. Somebody could have told me that, but I don't think he's played even 100 games. You know, that's, that's you know, he's been here for five, six years now. Um, so that was the only change. But again, I kind of expected that with Oli. I mean, Sile, do you agree with that? Do you think he should have started McFred? Um, Fred, huh? there was an injury thing with Fred. But even if he was fair, yeah, no, him in this game? So I felt like he was just like trying to fit in as many uh, individual uh, players with individual quality in the team as he could because like you know we are a team that rely on individual quality right like you have to have Greenwood in form Rashford even though he's, he's been he's not been in form he has he somehow chips in with the goal or an, or an assist like you know uh, in every game or in every other game or something so I feel like. Even though Pogba hasn't worked in that center midfield road for a while, like I feel like he, he had no choice but to start him, right? Because like if if things go bad, then you can't like you you need like players on the ball who can produce that one moment of magic, right? So mm-hmm. I thought I was I had like a few concerns, but I was over. I thought like they probably might have figured figured, figured a way out to like make sure Pogba doesn't get caught out. But obviously it didn't like. Uh, but I thought that given the quality of the players, it it was fine. Uh, wait, sorry. Sorry, the question was about Bai, right? My I know Pogba. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think there was no other way to, to, to fit Pogba in, in the team, given that you had to start uh, Greenwood and Rashford because, like, Greenwood wasn't from Rashford again. Like, 20, 35 goals and assists this season. It's like you know he's had a pretty good season if you just look at the numbers and given the situation he's played with. So. Yeah, I think he knew Villarreal were going to park the bus. I mean, that was pretty obvious. Anybody knew that. So, if you start McFair, you're not going to create much. So, you need creativity. I mean, yeah. for that, you want to start Pogba. Yeah, and then you that... want to give Rashford and Greenwood, you know, in mm-hmm. there just for that pace. But, I mean, you know, there's, there's things that we can tactically dissect. But, I mean, overall, I thought the team that he selected was good. Uh, but yeah. that first goal, uh, I mean, <sighs> Victor Lindelof, I <laughs> said, Sahil, I mean, you're always shaking your head. I mean, I'm just going to, I mean, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. Like, it just... The goal itself, but I mean, Victor Lindelof. How 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 many times more? In this season itself, right? Like in this, I mean, I want to say Lindelof, obviously, but also like the structure and the set pieces, right? Like, how many times are you going to concede the same goal over the course of a season? Like, be it from a corner, be it from the set piece. Like, how many times has it happened again and again? Like, I feel like even though like we had a pretty camp up season, like where we didn't, where we had to play like almost every midweek, but then even then, you should have like enough training sessions to make sure that. Your team performs the basic, like basic fundamentals of set piece, of set piece defending, like beat positioning, beat like uh, who marks who. Uh, if like I feel like Renault as a player should have enough in him to like learn how to mark his player better, right? Like you can't just keep losing out on the uh, on your mark uh, on the player you're marking every time there's there's a set piece that's been closed in, so that that's been sent in. So it was pretty disappointing, but also not very surprising that we conceded from a set piece. Like I I, I feel like all of us knew that it was like a very high chance that we, we're going to concede from a set piece at some point in, in the game. Yeah, so it's like, we, we need an upgrade though over there. Like that was the main, that was my takeaway from, like if anything, just to confirm what we have seen this season, like we need an upgrade on Lindelof. There's no other way about it. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. as well okay. because I mean, the template of the game was simple. Villarreal were going to sit back, they're going to park the bus and they were going, going to hope to nick a goal from somewhere and try to pick a win. So all United had to do was make a fast start, try to get a quick goal, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to get them out and, and make them not park the bus and then use their pace on the counter. Instead, they, they had a slow start. They did everything opposite. They had a slow start. They let themselves get, you know, go behind and then they're trying to struggle to chase the game. 
I mean, Abhijit, what does Lindelof really offer? I mean, I mean, I know it's hard to go into one place. I, we don't want to go into a place. But no, I was just thinking, what does Lindelof really offer? Because he's not good in the air. He's not very physical. His reading of the game is pretty average. I mean, it's not very, he's not very good at reading the game either. I mean, he has a good pass on him. He can make a few good passes. But as a defender, he really, you know, it's surprising. What does he really offer? To be, to be, very, uh, to be very honest, we are actually, uh, I think we are actually very ha- harsh on Lindelof most of the time because, uh, mostly because of his aerial ability that he's not very good in the uh, or a- yeah, Sorry about that, we had a bit of a technical issue. So, uh, we're just going to continue from where we left off. So, Abhijit, I was just asking mm-hmm. you about Lindelof. So, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, by any stretch of imagination, Lindelof isn't necessarily a bad defender. You watch him for Sweden, he's extremely good there. And in most of the games, in big games, he has done well. Let's not be too harsh on him. He has done well. Is this that he, he lacks physicality? I would disagree because he actually was at fault even in the in the in the Europa Cup semi-final last season against Sevilla as well. So I wouldn't say so, he's a, he's necessarily uh, the best. He's he's consistent, uh, but not always. Um, yeah, he's not. Yeah, in the in the bigger games, there's a reason Ole prefers him over Bayo Tuanzebe because because. He has been, he has done uh, well. I won't say he has been that great or brilliant, but he has done well. even last year against the against Leicester in the in the final game of the season. He was, I think, the best player on the pitch. Which, which, and even this season, he as far as I can remember, against City and not City, I think uh, I just can't remember the game. But most games he's decent. It's not like he's bad. But again, coming down to the goal, it's not only Lindelof. If you if you see, so Moreno ran across. Yeah. Yeah. Abhijit, you cut off there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, we can see you now. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can turn off the video if it's uh, better that. Yeah, maybe you should turn off the video for the time being. Try. Yeah, you kind of like your voice is breaking in the middle. So sometimes we see you, and then sometimes it's like just stop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, am I audible now? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Like speaking about the goal, as I was saying, the second time it happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I think from what the replays were showing, was a Lindelof was looking at him, and then he just let him run past. Uh, you know what? Uh, and not only Lindelof. I mean, just. I mean, I yeah, I think I think he's a good he's a good player, but I don't think he's the kind of player who's going to win you matches and tournaments. Like he's not going to win you, you know, big leagues and big cups. But anyway, that I mean, we're not going to one should, player, so I think we'll we'll move on. Um, it should also be taken into account that if the if the same player is committing the same errors in every game, then maybe there's an issue with the defensive coaching, right? Like the team has been yeah. defensively undercoached for the whole season, so questions have to be asked about the manager and the coaching team that why aren't they? Coaching them, uh, like imp- helping the player improve improve his mistakes, yeah. or changing the player if the player can't improve his mistakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll get on that. We'll definitely look uh, at. I don't think. Player. I don't think we have a set piece or a defensive coach. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think. I so. do. We, I don't think we have a set piece specialist coach. I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, the club, I, but I don't know we, who does the. Co- yeah, actually, the yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 but sure does if. If if the, if the club club has a set piece specialist, he he should be the first one to be fired. Well, yeah, well, probably, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 16, that, that, we have considered sixteen goals, sixteen set piece goals in a season. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> definitely some issues there, but um, we'll move on from that. And uh, I mean, fair enough, the first goal happened, and then uh, you know, I mean, this is I'm not I'm not going to try to be positive here. I don't want to be positive, but. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I, I think two players who came out looking from it with any, and we're not going to discuss it, but I, I thought, in my opinion, that the two players who came out with any kind of credit from this game, probably one is Cavani, because the goal that he scored, no other player in the team can score that kind of goal. They just wouldn't be in that position to score that. And I thought Scott McTominay probably had his best game ever. And it's a shame it'll never be remembered and it'll be forgotten, but I thought he just had his, probably had his best ever game for Manchester United, just the way that he ran that midfield for 10 minutes. Uh, you know, in a the midfield, there were two on each side and he was probably the best midfield on the pitch for 10 minutes. He just tried running to tackle. It's just uh, incredible to watch and he gets a lot of stick, uh, but I thought he was very good. Unfortunately, though, um, the equalizer goes in, Sahil, and uh, then you've got 30 minutes to try and win the game and uh, he doesn't turn to his bench. He doesn't. He doesn't make any subs for ninety. And 
How rare is that that the team goes for an entire 90 minutes in a big final and never makes a sub? And, and and think about this for one second because if I am Dan James, if I am uh, you know fair enough, Axel Tuanzebi and uh, Alex Telles, they're defenders. You don't bring on defenders when you're trying to win a game. That's totally fine. But if you're Dan James, if you're Ahmad Diallo, if you're Donny Van de Beek, and you're thinking you know all these other players are playing pretty shit, that's one one, and my manager doesn't trust me to come on and change the game. I mean, what all goes through your mind like that when you think like that, right? Like, because obviously the team needs refreshments, but the manager says, yeah. "No, I'm not going to make it." <coughs> um, so just to be devil, devil's advocate, I felt like even the players on the bench they aren't like game changers, right? Like, you don't look on the bench and you you think that oh, Danji is going to come on and change the game on the surface, or uh, or like Van der Beek who who is potentially one of like a first team player, but then he really hasn't uh, settled well, which is again is like a question we have to ask about the coaching stuff. Um, And also, Amar Amar himself is like just 19 now. Then you see he, he can be trusted. But uh, regardless, the way Rashford was playing, he should have been subbed off. I it's 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 insane that he was kept on for the whole of 120 minutes, and Greenwood was the one taken off after like whenever the first sub was made. But I feel like there should have been a push to win the game in the in the first 90 minutes. Like I feel he took a very pragmatic pragmatic approach to trust penalties, which obviously didn't uh, didn't turn out and. Uh, A squad of our quality should should have dealt with with should should have dealt with Villarreal in 120 if not 90 minutes. But yeah, it was absolutely shocking just like to see the players uh, labor labor around with like no uh, no no change in tactics, no no change in uh, no change in approach, just like um, trying to do the same thing again and again, hoping for one moment of brilliance to like score to score the goal. But that's been like a theme of our performances. Obviously, things have become more coherent. I feel in 2021, but then it's still like a part of our. Uh, a, a part of the how, how this team plays, especially like when things can't, uh, they they don't know how things, uh, they they can't figure out how to solve problems on the pitch. Yeah, because I mean, to me, it was yeah. like well, McTominay is playing good, so you don't want to take him off. But I was yeah. thinking maybe you should have brought on Matic um, instead of maybe Rashford or McTominay just to get control in that midfield and you know then push Pogba to the left wing, you know, and then you've got now a little bit of service going. If you don't want to bring on Donny, you bring on that. Just to change mm-hmm. things up a little bit and give them that control that they needed, because you saw Unai Emery. For all the talk of being coward, a lot of people say that Oli was a coward that he didn't make changes. But think about this: Unai Emery took off a strike and bought on a midfielder. He bought on uh, Konkolan for backup once he realized he yeah. was losing control. Yeah. So you know that was his first sub. So I mean, yeah. all of that said, it, it it worked out for him. Right? Like his goal was to control the game and take it to penalties, where they have a bigger chance of winning than if they, if, if 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 for this extra time. So I feel like in for in in Emery's case, he. Pulled off a very good move. Like he, he kind of like risk uh, not being able to come back from if he went two one down, but he still kept it at one one. So prepared to him booked out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He realized that he was losing yeah, but, the uh, midfield. McTominay was dominating it. I mean, so he probably felt, you know, let me get on another midfielder. Let me try and invest that control back. So that's the idea. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you if you think of it, uh, like for all the coward talks we give, uh, give we would give uh, um, um, Emery. Uh, it was all Villar. In the 30 minutes of extra time, mm-hmm. there was no mm-hmm. United. There was no United yeah. were not playing, not attacking, nothing. We were just sitting back, and we were, we were uh, and they were putting in balls every minute into our boxes, and uh, we defended well. I would say, but we defended. We, we did a decent job defensively. They even got uh, even Moreno got once. They got uh, behind us two or two three times, and he made all five uh, uh, changes yeah. before the uh, uh, before the extra time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was more of an intent to win in the extra time by Villarreal than of United. Yeah. And to be uh, to be very honest, I would say uh, like uh, I won't like to sugarcoat the words, but this is the worst game. Uh, Ole's man management is the worst I have ever seen uh, in by any manager in, in any game. Like it's like worse than uh, what Mourinho did when we lost three 0 to Tottenham. Like it's uh, I will not. Sugar- Like no, that, okay, they are yeah, not. I mean, like good, uh, yeah, yeah. You need to ball transition and uh, play quick passes. You have a certain Juan Mata on your bench who can possibly do that. Who can find spaces? You know, you have Donny Van de Beek who, who I know hasn't been uh, too good, but uh, Donny can always find find spaces spaces with his runs, and he could have might have been something new, to, fresh to it. Deal him, but you kept playing Rashford, who was a uh, who all I think uh, probably his worst United performance. And you took off uh, Greenwood, who is the only one who is direct and was a bit of a threat in I think second half. Also, he also faded out. But in the first half and also still yeah, there was a five-minute period where he was very was, lively. Yeah, doing something. Yeah, he was very lively until the 75th minute. I would say one of our best players in the game. I took off and then you bought on Fred. 
and the and the entire thirty minute you let Villarreal do the talking. Like uh, ideally, uh, to be very honest, they deserve to win more than we do. Yeah, it's not like if 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 we won on penalty, we would have been the luckier team which won on penalties because uh, because if you see Villarreal, uh, we had two shots on target in the whole game. Like you, come on, you won't win the win a title by having only two shots on target. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it would have been lucky if he won on penalties, but we'll come to that in a moment about yeah. penalties. So that's a big thing. Uh, but I don't want to talk about Donny Van de Beek. I think a lot has been said about what you know, individual players and all that. We've got a season review coming up next week, and we'll talk about individual players and why I think Donny Van de Beek didn't start or didn't play this game. Uh, but it's still surprising. I mean, you said a hundred minute that Fred went off. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about individual performances because that's kind of where we're going. Uh, I mean, Rashford. Uh, you you touched on it. Rashford had probably a stinker in this game. I. I honestly think, and this is a controversial opinion, but this is why I think, I think Rashford should just tell England that he's not going to go to the Euros. I, I think that's just what he should do. Should, for the sake he, of his career. I just think that is what he should be saying: is call up South. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, even like we were discussing in the group, I, I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, if he continues doing what he is doing right now, he will be done by 26 or 27. Yeah, he you will know, be I, what Jack Wilshere yeah. is today. You don't want like one more Michael Owen kind of a case. He will be what Jack, uh, yeah, what uh, Jack Wilshere is today. Yeah, he he has not had a break. I mean, I know there was a COVID four month away, but he was rehabbing yeah. from injury at that time. He yeah. just immediately came back in the team after the injury. He didn't have any extra time. I just think for the sake of his career, he and I know he won't do it because he's too proud to do that. Um, but yeah. I think he should just pick up the yeah. phone. He you know what? Yeah, no, I, I think Rashford should think about it because uh, uh, if if uh, we sign Jaden Sancho, who is effectively more better on the left hand side than the right hand side. And we have a Mason Greenwood and Ahmad, who are both brilliant talents who might break into the team any time. Where does this leave? Who is the one who is going to get dropped? Yeah, next season. Yeah, I, I think, think it's Sancho pretty important. Right. Yeah, I can. I can see. Yeah, if we sign Sancho, I can see Rashford getting going to the bench. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a little harsh on Rashford, given that he's still got like 20 goals and 15 assists this season. Even though, like, we know he's been playing with an injury since like what Jan 2020, right? So yeah, the, I feel like given a break, like if he if he's given a break, he should be back to like even better numbers. Like he should he's potentially like a 25, 30 goal, uh, 25, yeah, he, 30, 30 goal scorer. I feel in in a, in a season if he's like uh, fish fit and firing. Yeah, he just needs some time. Like he needs yeah. some time yeah. off. Like where he shouldn't be thinking about football at all. Even not even just being dropped to the bench. He should not be thinking yeah. about football at all. Yeah. Like a man, just go away, clear your mind. I know mental health breaks are not a thing in football, but they, yeah. he needs it. He he just needs. I uh, think Rashford's been playing like uh been playing forty games a season, forty to fifty games a season since he was like what nineteen, right? And he's like I think yeah. he's my he's he's twenty three right now. So that's four years without any breaks. Like constantly playing with injuries for the last year and a half. That's. Uh, that's not good for a football and like i only also ran him to the ground i feel like when he played him um, in that 2019 season in the first half because the injury was coming right we, we could tell that something was wrong with him the way he was going down in games yeah but, it's just yeah yeah but yeah i mean it, yeah definitely something must be done about that yeah. uh, mason greenwood uh, i didn't think he had a good game i know obviously you said he was one of the best players in the i don't think he was that good idea he had a 5 minute spell in the end of the second half he was going past players But otherwise, I thought he was just anonymous. And I think the one thing that for me, what I would look at Mason Greenwood, it starts. It for me, he looks like a one-trick pony. That his only trick is that he runs with the ball and he can make you think whether he's going to go on his right or he's going on his left. And that's that's his only trick. But that, that he can decide oh, where he goes. Huh? Um, I would I would disagree. He has improved yeah. various aspects of his I, game this season. You know, he, see, he had a good three months last season. At the end of last season, he had a very good three months. Then he regressed, and he had another good three months, two two months at the end of this season. He just seems like one of those players yeah, who he, plays in bursts. Um, you know, his, yeah, no, no, it's it's not like that. He, I, I would strongly disagree because last season the only thing he was good at is scoring goals. Now he is he is good at uh, passing. His passing has improved much better. He is putting in crosses. Half of the uh, crosses which Kavani has scored has been has been crosses by Mason Greenwood. Although he he wants to be, and even he is heading. Uh, he is working on his. I don't know. Ole has said it. He is working on his movement and heading as well. So Mason, uh, like I have watched him thoroughly when he was in PL2 in our academy. Like him and Hannibal Mejri are the two two talents I definitely see playing for us. I, others I cannot uh, guarantee, but him are uh, Mason is too too good a talent to fail. He he has he is not he is certainly not a one trick pony. I, I would say. Yeah, well, like, I mean, watch yeah, him. I'm sure he is a good talent. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. One game doesn't make you a bad player. I'm sure he's a good player. He has he is very good uh, and probably better than many of his age group. It's just to me, he feels like. Um, he's still an instinctive player that he sometimes doesn't think when he does things, um, and that part needs to improve because eventually 
defenders will figure you but out is, uh, but if you keep doing the same then thing. again he is uh, yeah but but then again we will be being harsh on him because he is just 20 yeah that's, just, that's, i mean i get it but you know maybe it's uh, i think that's also uh, pretty coachable 20, right not not everybody can be messi at 20 ronaldo yeah. at 20 wasn't even was scoring four goals in a season Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we're yeah. not really. I mean, I'm not. Well, Rooney was scoring more goals, so, so maybe he can be Rooney. Uh, uh, Rooney was, even then. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hope he doesn't go like Rooney. I'd rather have him like 15 years be good than be good for five years. But um, yeah, I mean, and the only other one, I mean, Paul Pogba. I mean, uh, Cyril, you first touched on this a little bit. That uh, is is Paul Pogba now. Should he not be considered a midfielder and just be considered left winger? Because I think I think he has had his best season ever for United. This season, I think he's been the best. Then there's no doubt about huh? that. But he's played a lot of games as left wing. I just feel that as a left winger, as a silver type left winger who can come in and do the things, he looks very good. But when he plays in midfield, he just doesn't look the same player. I still think that uh, this first season was maybe better than this because I feel like Antonio was controlling games from deep uh, when he had like two around two players around him. But so it's a little harsh on Scott McTominay. But if we get an actual defensive midfielder who like who will do a lot of the dirty work yeah. for Pogba to. For for Pogba to uh like to set to set up a platform for for Pogba to perform, I feel like he can he can have an even better season next uh, uh next year. Like uh on the left wing, like obviously he he has done very well, but then I feel like he has lot more scope to play better from uh, from the center of midfield, right? Because like you have more visibility over the pitch, even though he's been cutting in. Like I feel like that kind of uh, ruins the structure of the team, right? Like if 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 a team can figure out like at what at what exact time Pogba is going to cut in and Luke Shaw is going to bomb forward you have like a big void on 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 the left hand side of your team right and it won't take teams uh, too long to figure that out right it's, it's like you know obviously both of them have done really well but then like there's an obvious uh, obvious issue uh, with the whole structure because uh, because like you can't have Fred and McTominay just like perform like a screening role because that they do that because Suri is doing the, the role of one person So I feel like you need to get a, a defensive midfielder who like who's really good at uh, screening stuff and stopping uh, stopping counter attacks while also having a real left finger uh, left finger perform them there while also having Pogba uh, trying to orchestrate play uh, play from the center. But obviously, I think like there's no question he should be uh, given a contract uh, made to stay on if possible, and then uh, yeah, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean the contracting is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think that's gonna happen. I, yeah. I I think he's gonna run down his contract and he's gonna move on. I think that's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. That's I think but that's that's the plan. I, yeah. But uh, it's I not that United don't want him. But I just don't think he's gonna sign. But I, I would rather United like let him run down his contract instead of instead of selling instead of selling the season just for like have a real go at the title next season. I feel like there's there's an enough of a platform with like two or two or three more signings. I I feel like there's a chance. We can like at least close the gap down to like two or three points to the top instead of like whatever twelve, thirteen points this season. No, that's very optimistic. We'll talk about that in our yeah. review in the month's time. Yeah. But Abhijit, you were saying? Yeah, I was saying. Uh, see, uh, there's no, there no two lies about it. Pogba is the one, like one of the best midfielders yet. He is on on his day. He could just win you games on his own. There's there, he won't need it. But if he's not a midfielder, I don't see a place for him in the team. because let's face it he's not that good of a left winger he's not going to give you goals from left wing nor he's going to give you keep giving you assists from left wing mm-hmm. i disagree yeah. because i so, think he's actually he's got a good partnership with kawani and i think if you play him further up yeah, field he does do that work like basically he's not going to be a goal scoring winger he's never going to be i think he looks like a silver type winger where you you expect him to sort of you know for, as a false winger you expect him to come inside and then put crosses in which can be converted because his long passing is really good So that's where I think, and that's I think how Ali uh, uh, yeah. invested yeah, kind of like Jack Wilish, right? Jack Wilish doesn't score a lot of goals, or you know, but he gets a lot of assists, and he's that kind of gliding midfielder, uh, you know, from the wing. That's that's what I think. That's what I see his interpret his role as, and I think that but is. What, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I would agree. But the point is, uh, point is, who would you take on the left wing? Whether you t- uh, suppose I, I'm like I'm more than hopeful that this season we are probably going to sign San- Sancho. Mm-hmm. Like we might not, but I'm more than sure that we are going to sign San- Sancho. I have thoughts on that. But if Sancho signs. <laughs> I have yeah, thoughts on that, yeah. but I'll leave that for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, uh, probably. But if you sign Sancho, who plays on the left wing? Does the Rashford plays or Pogba plays? And if he's not being playing as a midfielder, I don't see him. He, so Bruno is irreplaceable in the team now. There's no yeah. way Bruno. Is, so if he's not playing, then who? Where does Pogba fit in? But like uh, Sahil said, I would definitely uh, like to keep him unless we are getting a defensive midfielder by selling him. That's the only. Only point I would like wish that he goes. Otherwise, if he, uh, I would rather keep him and challenge for the title next season and 
let him go for free that that would be fine by me as well yeah i think they will get a cdm i think i think a cdm will be bought i think scott yeah. mccomney will become a squad option next season i think that's what it will be he'll probably yeah, because as good um, as he was last season we've seen enough of what the issues are with scott mccomney right? like he can't really like he's not a proper defensive midfielder he's, he's not. more like a yeah he's more of a box box player and like it's good to have him on the bench but then he's not like what we need for the team to function as a whole Yeah, okay. he's he's yeah he's never going to be a top CDM. That's just impossible. Yeah. He's he actually wasn't even a midfielder when he came through. That's why his passing is so yeah. is very average. Actually, actually, he was a he was a center forward in in the uh, team yeah. I think, when we got relegated. Yeah, from, he he can score goals. For a midfielder, he can score lots yeah. of goals. That's why that's yeah. why he scores yeah. goals. Yeah, that's why that's yeah. why he's yeah. a good goal scoring midfielder, but doesn't really offer much. But anyway, uh, that's on Paul Pogba. I think we have to come, and I'm going to continue individual performances, and I need to talk about penalties. Uh, you know, and into penalties. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people say, and I and I made this, and I know a lot of people say penalties are not, uh, the, you know, the fault of the goalkeeper. You've got to cut the goalkeeper slack, and all of that. I take all of those points. Uh, but uh, when you consider 11 penalties when you let every other player score 11 penalties you've got to think is there something i can do differently and david ayer hasn't saved a penalty in 5 years now that's that is an incredible stat i, I don't know any other goalkeeper who's gone that long without saving a penalty uh, and and again david ayer is not the reason why we lost the game i need to make that very clear but he is the reason why we lost that penalty shootout so if you can make a distinction between the two uh, you know that I, th- i think that there is a distinction i think I, in my mind there's a distinction but if you made that distinction Uh, between the two, it's just that. But I mean, Sahil, that we talked about this on on Facebook. We talked about this back and forth. There's a technical issue with David here. There's there's a lot yeah. of technical issues. There is a technical issue with David here, and I don't know if he, if Dean Henderson is the answer. I don't know that. But would you would you now say okay if a good offer comes in for David here in the summer, then yes, we should cash it and try and get another goalkeeper. I'm really into the idea of like finding a Donnarumma on a free. If possible, because obviously it's a it's a Rayola uh, he's a Rayola client, but uh, but I feel like just to get Dias wages off the uh, of the contract, I I really love that David Dias probably like my favorite player for the longest time. Uh, like doing all the uh, like from from Manhal to Mourinho, uh, from Moyes to Mourinho, like uh, around that time. But then to have a pl- player, you pay like almost like four hundred four hundred thousand pounds a week just to be a Just to be like a cup keeper is not a viable thing. Uh, it's not good for Daya also. Like I'm sure he wouldn't want that. If, if, so if an offer comes in, definitely sure. But I don't think an offer is going to come in for Daya. It's it's impossible. He's going to let go of the wages. So it's just ob- obviously an, another blunder from the uh, from the high rank at United to give such huge wages just to like uh, just like uh, demote the keeper to to number two. Unless obviously Daya takes this extremely personally, like uh, trains like crazy over the summer and com- comes back a uh, like uh, keeper. Even like eighty percent of his seventeen eighteen form, that would be like that would easily make him the best keeper in, in the league uh, over there. But that's un- extremely unlikely. I've thought of this multiple times. Like for the last three seasons, I thought, oh, they are going to come back strong. He's going to come back stronger. But he's only caught in like I think he, I think he's a kind of like stagnant to to uh, to to his current level over the past let's say couple of. Seasons, I think, like it's been the same thing. Like, uh, uh, he saw, he saw, like you know, you would expect Daya to make an error, like you know, in one game out of like seven, seven or eight, which is not good enough for, uh, for a, uh, for a keeper if he want to mm-hmm. uh, challenge for the title. That being said, we have no, uh, we have we have nothing to suggest that Dean Henderson would also be is also going to be like a completely uh, error free keeper. He's also like kind of uh, messed up a couple of times, I think. Like, uh, the the Liverpool game comes to mind, but like his positioning was completely off. So. That being said, you probably want to keep Daya just to keep uh, Henderson on the toes, and instead getting an absolute uh, world-class keeper from somewhere. And that would just send the uh, that would mean that they would have to send, sell both Henderson and Daya because they both of them wouldn't want to be number two for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they have a fighting yeah, chance to be number one. Yeah, I would take an offer for any of them. Both of them have been same. Like they both make same mistakes. They both uh, have a mis- mistake in them. Both have butter fingers. Uh, like. And I and it somehow also lies uh, 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 responsibility also lies on the goalkeeping team. Like both yeah. of them are making the same errors. How are they bo- both your keepers who are of a very different mold making mm-hmm. the same errors game game in and game out? I yeah I, mean, I don't think they make the same kind of errors. I think De Gea's error is more that he's he's a good shot stopper, but he's not very strong. So you know if you hit a shot hard enough, he will probably spill it or do something. I think Henderson, his issue was more that I think he was more mental yes. because I think he was trying to prove himself and he was being over eager on things, yeah. and that was the issue. So I think Henderson's yeah. issue is more of a mentality issue. I think De Gea's issue is more a technical But, uh, flaw. I feel like that's Henderson. Uh, yeah. 
Um, Henderson should never yeah the, against Milan that goal should never go in which Henderson should have definitely saved and then against Liverpool he spilled it right for Firmino to score yeah like yeah. Uh, so he has not been very uh, very yeah. no, uh, good as well not given me the confidence to so if the offer comes in but we don't have anyone on the market except Donnarumma who is probably is going to go to Juventus Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm so not very convinced with him either, to be honest. I've seen some people there as well. It is also true that it is, it is also there that uh, Henderson has a lot of has a lot of age on his side. Like I feel like his issues will probably be fixed with a with a with with like a proper yeah, coaching. Like, you know, Dahia. Yeah. Dahia yeah. being 30, making the same errors for the last like two years is a little baffling. And makes the question like, what is exactly going wrong? Is it is it Dahia unwilling to learn? Is it is it the coaching? Is it is it, is it the coaching I mean, system in place which is not benefiting him? Like. It's just a little confusing, right? Because, and we go back to Lindelof as well, making the same error over the course of the season. So, why are these players not learning from the errors? Like, why are the same errors being happening for like ten to twelve months in, in in the season, right? Like, yeah, I think De Gea has been bad since that 2018 World Cup. I think that yeah. Ronaldo goal that he yeah, let, yeah, let yeah. in, I think that is playing on his mind a little bit, and he's and he's there's a flaw there that I think people have kind of exposed him for. It. I and feel I like that's my. Uh, but it's also that in today's age of like sports science and sports psychology that that shouldn't be happening right? there has to be something more than that i feel like that's just like a, a conclusion we are making but then there should be a little bit more than that. at least i hope there is like there's a proper issue no, behind it and yeah, not just like one ronaldo goal considered miss yeah it's just not the mistakes he, his, even his shot stopping has decreased for quite before uh, that used to be a, mm-hmm. like the best in the world in shot stopping he's not anymore he doesn't uh, Makes a sa- a saves as many shots than he, that he used to once upon a time. Yeah, so I think, I, yeah. I mean, there's lots of yeah, uh, can... obviously he has been. He was the only player who uh, who performed for us in the banter era when we we, used, we would de- definitely be finishing in the bottom half of the table each season had it not been for Dahia. Yeah, no, I mean that's I mean that's that's <laughs> But, fair, uh, and I mean I you know that I can do a whole video on the hair's problems and what I think is technical issues. I don't know. I can only claim to know. Uh, but uh, I mean, I mean, I will talk about the hair's penalty issue. I will talk about that because I thought that was very interesting. What I noticed, and maybe you know, you guys can mention in the comments or you can mention here as well. I mean, if you think that you know what I'm saying is just bollocks, it would actually make sense. But before that, um, Abhijit, mm-hmm. I just want to ask you this: If you were Solskjaer, you have one. I, I believe United only made five subs, so they do get six subs if you get in. He had one sub. Should he have brought on Dean Henderson for the penalties? Of of course, of course. I, 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 he should have brought. See, uh, he went with Dahaya. It's okay, totally fine. Like it's not necessarily that. I'm not saying Henderson would have won us the game. That's not mm-hmm. sure. But he could have gone for Henderson just to just to change things up a bit. But they definitely practiced with Dahaya. They wanted Dahaya to go in the goals because it was all planned. Yeah. So this was the making change. Uh, may, bringing on Henderson would have made no sense because uh, he wasn't in the plans to play in the finals. Yeah, well, not to start in the final, you, you, but to come on as a sub for the penalties because yeah, you, I mean, De Gea had to start yeah. the final. Um, he had played very well against yeah, Roma. You couldn't drop him after that. He had to play the final. That's for sure. But it's just for the penalties. Yeah, but usually, yeah, yeah. But but uh, that should have been decided pre-game, not post-game. You cannot just suddenly go uh, tell Henderson go get ready. You have to save penalties. Or the higher you, we are subbing you, he will go there. That should have been done before the game. Well, yeah, I mean, should have and, been. Uh, honest, should have been done. Should have been thought about. Like, somebody yeah, yeah, should have thought what, about it. But I, I, I don't. I'm sure. Uh, not only not the higher, nobody thought it would go to the penalties. We all thought we would win comfortably. I, I, I get that, but I think, I think, I think you know, you plan for contingency. That's what good management is. You plan for contingency. Yeah, there was no plan for contingency. Yeah, you really no thought is not an excuse, right? Even... I mean, like, I, to be honest, I, I <laughs> didn't, I didn't take it for granted that United were going to win. And a lot of people like United are going to win. I was like, this could go to penalties. This could yeah. waste of time. It, anything can happen, right? United struggled to break teams down. Yeah. We could be playing for a nil-nil. Yep. If we let that game go without extra time, we'd still be playing right now, probably, because both teams didn't want to score the team <laughs> in that game. But uh, okay. I mean, it's just, it's I mean, the only note I don't want to mean this to hear is Henderson. I think we'll keep that for the season review show. But I think. If there's one thing I say is I would not get rid of Dean Henderson just yet. I would send him out on loan next season. He needs a loan to a club that's playing in Europe just to see if he can handle it for one season. He needs to go somewhere. I don't know where he can go, but that would be something. But anyway, um, I would, rather, about- I would rather keep him. I would rather keep him. I'm, yeah, if he- I'm okay with Henderson in the in our diff- diff- goal as well. Either of them, it's okay because we have much uh, much more problems on the yeah, pitch than the goal. That's also true. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, there are yeah, bigger problems than that yeah. one. That's one's not we really a problem. Yeah, but. we don't we don't have a defensive midfielder, so like uh, uh, our our both our centre backs will always be at risk. Yeah, Maguire yeah. has like, to pass the ball uh, pass the ball to Rashford every time. <laughs> and yeah. also, credit to Dahaya that 
Dea has been like pretty solid in the Europa League whenever he like got shifted to being the cup keeper. He, I thought he he's done really really well till the penalty shootout, which I don't know. Yeah. Which obviously it's a penalty shootout. We know, we know it's an own league test, but before that, he's as a normal keeper. He he had done really well in the like four five games he played. I think. Yeah, I don't think he had a bad game at all. Until the, until yeah. the penalty shootout, I didn't think he had a bad game at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's just that that point there. But I mean, like I said, they didn't lose us that game. He lost to that shootout. He didn't lose us that game. He's not the reason that you goal. But, yeah. but the one time he but passed, yeah, he should, the... but, he should yeah. have done better for the goal. Yeah, but he should have done better for the goal we conceded. He could have come out. For yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, that's yeah. Maybe he could have come out. You know, maybe yeah, if, the defense yeah, to deal with it. Maybe maybe. Um, Maybe Morena would have scored either way, but had he come out, he would have closed in the angle, and there would uh, he would have probably saved it. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that's a matter of opinion. Maybe the defense should deal with it. Maybe he should come out, and maybe he should be expecting that the defense isn't competent enough to deal with those things, so he should come out. Um, but anyway, but just to know on the penalties, and I want to make this point, and I know we're running out of time, so I just want to quickly touch on this. So when I was in school and I played, uh, you know, I I'm not. Can you see my frame? That I'm absolutely. Like, I, I don't have hard shots on me. I cannot hit a hard shot for, if my life depended on it. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, you come up against goalkeepers that are probably bigger than you. And what I realize is, if I try to go for power, I'm never going to score. But what I realize is that when you play against school goalkeepers, because they're shit, uh, you know, because they're in school, uh, what you can do is most of the goalkeepers give their position very early, and so you can kind of, if you wait long enough, you'll know which side you have to hit because the goalkeeper is going to go the other side. As you get older and as you play with better players, you realize goalkeepers don't do that. They don't let you, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't let you make that decision right away. They, they, they let you make that decision as opposed to making it for you. And then I saw two penalties uh, again for, from De Gea in this one, and I only saw two, so I'm not trying to make a judgment on all eleven, but I'm using that as an apportion for all eleven. It just felt that De Gea was going to one side very quickly. It's like every time, uh, you know, and I, I saw this on Raul Albiol, and I think I saw this on Raul as well. Raul actually shot straight, so all De Gea had to do if he was waited long enough, he could have probably held a leg out, he could have done something and saved it. For the Albiol one, it was really obvious if you yeah. saw it, he'd already dived. Albiol was still in his run-up. He'd already made the decision, I'm going to go to my right. And Albiol slots it to his left, and I mean that's just yeah, it's, it's amateur goalkeeping. It's it's naivety, like it's and it's it's just shows like it's like I'll die one side, and if I get it, I get it. But if I don't get it, it's fine. Like I'm a goalkeeper. It's okay. This is saving is beneath me. Saving a penalty is beneath me. It almost felt like that body language is where you saw. If you saw his body language, like it's okay. I missed a penalty. I'm not going to save one. It's okay. And I was like kind of left hoping. Please, someone, please sky a penalty. Please just miss it because David De Gea is not going to save it. I need you to go off target because if it's on target, it's a goal. Uh, you know, that, it's bad to see. It's not. It, that's not what you expect from a top class goalkeeper. And I think if he had a little bit more sense, if he had a little bit more anticipation, I'm not saying he would have saved any of them. He might not have saved any of them, but there's a chance he might have saved one. The way he was going about it, he was not going to save one. Even if he had 100 penalties, we'd still be going. If if it was up to David De Gea to save them, we'd still be going right now because he was not going to save any one of them. The way he was, he was playing. Somebody would have had to miss one. So I mean, that's just my again, my two cents. Well, let me know what you think. I mean, the comments. You know, do you think? But it's accurate. I mean, the same thing I saw with the shot as well. It was like hit and hope. Like it already made his decision that I'm going to go this side no matter what. Didn't look at the goalkeeper and just took the shot. And then it was like, okay, if it goes in, it goes in. You know, you know. Actually, when you compare it with the penalty the Villarreal keeper took, he smashed it. Man. I was like, what the hell? I was this guy scoring a penalty like that. And then you look at Dahias, who's like just like was yeah, a really Rulli took a Rulli's penalty was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why I lost it. I was like, all the penalties were really good. I think Shaw's one was probably the worst. Nick Shaw's one should have been saved, but he somehow scored in. Yeah, Shaw and Bruno. Yeah, Bruno's was also yeah, very yeah, yeah. good. Uh, yeah, Bruno's was, he got a, a high to it. Yeah. Yeah, Bruno's was. I think he actually ex- expected the bounce to be a bit higher, and it went under yeah. his under his thumb. Shaw's was like he actually pushed it inside on his own. Like I was like, oh my god, how the hell did that go in? And you think, yeah, but it's okay. Um, but finally, uh, final thoughts on this. I know we're end of time. Um, Abhijit, what's next for Ali? Just two things. Yeah, just two things. Let's see. Saving penalties is going to get ever since the rule has changed that you cannot come off your line. Uh, as the penalty will be retaken, that, the saving penalties is now a very difficult job. Now you will, like for even if you will see most penalty shootouts will go very long because the keepers actually have to guess. Like if you have uh, against PSG, Navas brilliantly saved Bruno's penalty, but Bruno did a hop skip he, uh, and he jumped, he jumped outside uh, out his line. This will keep happening because that's uh, so saving penalties is going to get much more tougher for players uh, for, from now on. But yeah, like I said, the higher should. Uh, we all know the higher isn't good enough uh, in penalty yeah. shootout. So uh, and those two, those two penalties were uh, yeah, like Albiol one. That was more out of desperation. He thought, "I let me jump, maybe he will shoot, and I'll save it." 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. you already made yeah. Anyway, I was just gonna say, what's next for Ali from here? Because I mean, it's a bad loss. Um, it's one that's gonna hurt him for a long, long time to come. Uh, but uh, what's next? How do they recover? What do they do? He needs to fill the gap. Simple as that. Need a DM. Need a right winger. Need a centre back, and a, probably a right a backup right, a right back for one Bisaga because nobody else is there to yeah. play right back. These floor players he needs. Maybe then we can challenge for the title next season. Hopefully. Because the city, obviously, city, city, we can overtake city. It's not like this city is invincible team. This is this is not an invincible team. If they sign Harry Kane, they are definitely going to win. But if they don't sign Harry Kane, we can definitely beat them. Oh, there's Liverpool and Chelsea yeah. will be better as well. But um, Sahil, mental, mentally, what what uh, what can Ali do to like rouse the players for next season? Because if he has a bad start to next season, yeah, with the loss, it ju- it just weakens. Um, Power, doesn't it at the club though like if you come in with a trophy like well now give me the players that I want to get you that big Premier League but now he's like well I didn't do that so the players can be like well you didn't do that so now we'll give you less money I really want like obviously we want new players we want like Deren Sanjo we want a central defensive midfielder we want a, I think a striker is also very important you know you have Cavani and Martial but uh, Cavani's 35 he's amazing but you know you never know one injury and he could be out for a while Martial you can't really rely on at this point um so strikers, center back is obviously important. But then, I really, really want the coaching staff to like focus on some of the very obvious issues that not have been happening, right? Like, uh, how do you like? First of all, it's obvious uh, set piece defending. The other one is the uh, positioning between Lindelof and Van Bissaka. Please somehow figure it out because those two always confuse. Like they're so close to each other. Like the Leipzig games comes comes to mind. Right? Like Angelino was uh, just like <laughs> having a free reign over there. So there are like some very obvious issues to uh, to, to figure out by, by the coaching team, which which like it's high time they, uh, they have like some time off because of the Euros and stuff. Last season you can excuse that you know this it was like this a three weeks break, so there was no time. But there should be ample time to figure out all that out. But uh, as far as progress goes, I try not to take like a final loss as uh, as like a reflection of of a whole season. I feel like. I feel like we have earlier have shown enough improvements, especially like after the start we had to the season. Like point twenty twenty one, like uh, from like say November twenty twenty, we have been pretty good in the league. We have lost like what I think, like say before the before the time we like secured second, we lost like I think just once or twice in the league, right? Like one was to Arsenal, one was to Sheffield United. So I feel like that's a good sign of progress. I feel like the team has become more stable as well. Like there's like the attackers know how to how to like break on defenses. Like there's there's the whole thing about we can't break down. Low blocks, but then I feel like we have done well enough to like beat teams like Burnley, Palace, and all that, uh, and all those teams like uh, recently. Like you know, we we were able to be uh, to uh, to like dissect the low block. Uh, we we are still a team who try one transition, but then like I feel there's uh, ever since Pogba moved to the left hand side, he's been like helping the team just like create uh, create chances while while in possession as well. So there has been more more control um, uh, for, for a while. So I feel like. There, there is an upward trajectory. I feel like we should just ride on the up, upward trajectory till we know that there is uh, that oldest least of ceiling, which could be anything. Because I feel like he's also building a solid base. Like you know, he's not losing the dressing room. The players are very united. So even if he leaves, he leave a very solid base. So I feel like we should just ride the wave till we know there's a ceiling, and then like you know, uh, the only will probably walk, walk himself when he knows when he realizes that he can't really improve this team anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, what his, I mean, as always to talk about what his ceiling is and what he can yeah. achieve. Um, yeah, I feel like he's also like kind of always surprises. Like, you know, no one really thought we were yeah, uh, second, right? So, yeah, after the kind of summer he had, uh, second yeah. is an overachievement. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, even without we, the kind of summer that he had, second would be an overachievement. Yeah, and again, it's not a bad Like, uh, they bought him zero players from last season, zero new uh, uh, starters from last season. Uh, except Cavani, yeah, who who also was uh, injured throughout uh, the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Like oh, they bought him zero players. I mean, like they might pretend that it was planned signing. It wasn't. It was a panic buy. Yeah, um, yeah. at the last panic moment, right? that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it worked out, uh, but it was a panic buy. But anyway, we'll talk more in our season review. Um, as I said, one game does not a season make, and we'll probably try and analyze that a little bit more. There's lots of things that I actually want to get yeah. into, and we'll get into our season review next week. So watch out for that. Uh, but uh, we are going to have our Champions League uh, preview show tomorrow because there's one more big game left for the season in the domestic season. Oh, but, uh, oh I mean, you know, God. and and I mean, it's going to get it could get much worse before it gets better because Manchester I thought, City. I, 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 th- could, I thought could, the season ended yesterday. 
Well, I, yeah, for most of us, <laughs> yeah. it ended yesterday, but there's yeah. about a, about a hundred, about maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty fans that for them that's still left. You know, Chelsea and City, how many ever, how much uh, they have, like, how many ever they can cobble together. We are only, the only thing we are going to do is lo- we are going to lose lose in the final, like in the CTL final. I hate, like, I personally hate both the teams. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's right. Yeah, do you support Chelsea? <laughs> do you support Manchester City? I mean, it's gonna get worse either way, right? Yeah, no, I'm all Chelsea, man. That's no yeah, I know. I think no, I, I can live with the City winning because they're the better team. I don't want Chelsea to like they will literally shit house their way to the Champions League property. No, I, I think most people would rather Chelsea now. I think Chelsea <laughs> yeah. reached the point of established power. Yeah. So like, you're like, well, Chelsea like, City wins. Chelsea's already won one, right? For me, actually, when I started between 2007 or 2008, when I started, Chelsea were our main rivals. So yeah. I don't consider the rivalry between United and Liverpool, although it's a much bigger rivalry. But for me, on a personal level, the, the primary opponent has always been Chelsea. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How different eras. My the first game I was Drogba scored an injury time winner in a FA Cup final. Yeah, well, yeah, all <laughs> hasn't faced that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the, what that happens there. But I mean, like, I think the CL is one of the last things left to beat City with. The last one, the few last sticks yeah, to left. And I think right. Pep is going to take that away from us. Uh, this, I feel like Chelsea's yeah, already won one. Yeah, and I actually, and actually hope uh, City wins because Pep might leave then. No, no, he won't. Nah. It's not even confirmed. He won't leave. <laughs> no, he's not leaving. No I'm telling you what's going to happen is that he's going to win three Premier Leagues and three CLs in a row. That's what's yeah. going to happen. I just I have a feeling this is this going to be a long, long season. I somehow, I somehow hope Spain gets knocked out, City wins, and uh, Pep goes on to go and manage. But Pep I don't think Cat- he will manage Pep Spain. Is yeah. Catalan. Pep, Pep is fiercely Catalan. Yeah, so I don't know Cat- if he want to. I don't think he'll manage yeah. Spain. Yeah. Just, I think Spain. he needs something more intense than that. You know, He's looking for like something that keeps him occupied all the time. National team is like too chill for him. He's like he's a very more intense character for that. Germany, yeah, I could have, I could have seen him manage, right? manage so, Germany. Yeah, yeah, well, I he is Catalan, so I don't know if he'd want to manage. Yeah, yeah. there's no way he's going to manage. Never, never, never. Yeah. Yeah, he probably never will. He's, so never, anyway, he's never going to manage. I mean, well, they do have a Catalan manager right now. In <laughs> so it's not yeah. entirely that, but I think I think he's one of the more, uh, you know, he's a little bit yeah. Uh, more passionate vocal. about that. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, please do watch, check out that show tomorrow and we'll uh, we'll get up about the predictions and previews for that game. Uh, but thank you so much, Sahil. Thank you so much, Abhijit, for joining yeah. me today and sharing your uh, thoughts on this very depressing afternoon, night, whatever time it is you're watching this. I know we're all, we're all, we're all reeling and I think we'll be reeling for a little while longer, but hopefully it gets better each day. Uh, but anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. But thank you so much for joining us and please remember to, sh- to like, share and comment on this video. And please don't forget to subscribe to my channel so we can continue producing more videos. We're going to do quite a few, actually. We've got the season reviews. We've also got the Euros coming up. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of content coming up. So you don't want to miss out on that. But thank you so much. Have a good day or night, whatever time you're watching this. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.